Welcome into the Power Rally. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Malacaro. Hope you're getting set to enjoy the Memorial Day weekend, which is the unofficial start of summer, which usually means we're just about two months into the bison season. Unfortunately, with the 2020 season on pause, that isn't the case this year, but we figured we'd talk to a couple of members from last year's team and get their thoughts on what it's been like to be a member of the Bisons last season and also their spring trainings this year in 2020. I had a chance to catch up with Andy Burns and Patrick Kivlihan recently. And for Kivlihan, he's somebody who joined the Bisons mid-season last year. Acquired from the Pittsburgh Pirates organization in early May, he joined the Bisons a couple of weeks later and went on to perform in one of the more impressive offensive seasons in the modern era. The 25 home runs for Kivlihan last year as a member of the Bisons was the highest output since Mauro Gomez in 2013, and Kivlihan became just the 11th member of the herd in the modern era to collect 25 home runs in a season. There was something about hitting in Rochester last year for Kivlihan as well. He had five two-home run games, two of those coming at Frontier Field against Rochester, made an immediate impact on May 31st, and then again June the 2nd, another two-home run game against the Thruway Cup rivals. Combining his four home runs with Indianapolis last year, Kivlihan finished fourth in the International League in home runs and 10th in RBIs as a member of the Bisons. He collected 66 runs batted in. I had a chance to catch up with Kivlihan, first finding out just how he's been doing since baseball went on pause. It's It's been a little crazy, but I've been logging some serious dad duty hours, that's for sure. Uh, I have a, I have a 19-month uh, here with me and my wife, so she's been she's a teacher, so she's been doing the whole virtual thing with uh, Zooming and all that, and I've just been I just been on full time chasing around the house 24-7. I guess if there's a silver lining to not being playing baseball right now, being around family and with your young child has to be, a, you know, an experience that you won't be able to get back in the future. Yeah, no, that's kind of been the one, uh, the one positive this whole thing is that I'm getting, I'm getting time I obviously wouldn't normally get and certainly take advantage, or take advantage of it. Are you able to stay in baseball shape and, and kind of get not regular reps, but just, kind of be ready in case you know something comes up more recently yeah kind of once this once this all happened uh, I was kind of just like you know hanging out kind of just seeing what would happen but recently I've been working out a lot in the garage I have some weights the Blue Jays actually sent me a bunch of bands and a couple of kettlebells and stuff so they helped out there um but yeah I've been going to hit and all that and running so uh kind of as as it gears up more and more getting more and more ready, ready to go. I know that's one question fans have asked me a lot is just you know, are, are you, are the players kind of engaged with the front office? Are they kind of, you know, in terms of staying in game shape or just having conversations in general to, to see how you guys are doing? Yeah, not so much like front office, but uh, like a lot of the coaches are checking in. They and the trainers think they have like a certain amount of players that they, that they each check in with. And uh, so it's maybe, maybe weekly, biweekly, just depending on, you know, who it is or whatever. But uh they just kind of call, check in, see how things are going, and make sure everyone's healthy and uh, ready to go for when we get going. Now, you signed back with the Blue Jays again in, in this past November um, pretty early on in the process. Can you take me through a little bit of, you know, what, what the conversation might have been like at the end of last season and, you know, what your expectations might have been and what theirs were going into this spring? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was obviously a minor league free agent, and uh, there, I had some interest for some other teams that uh, – you know, I, I listened to, but, uh, you know, what I, what I found in Buffalo last year, kind of the, 
you know, the, the camaraderie and the group of guys they had there and how comfortable I felt and how fast I, uh, you know, got to know, know everybody and how comfortable I felt. I, I just thought that was the place I wanted to be. And, and me being a guy, like I've been in eight different organizations, not a lot of time. So it's been, it's been, you know, quick stop here, quick stop there, quick stop here. And uh, I was kind of tired of that and really just wanted to kind of settle in and really like find a place where I can kind of call home and uh, just play. So that's why I inevitably ended up resigning with them New Year's. You know, it's one of the things you, you mentioning that just kind of reinforced it to me. And this not necessarily is a hundred percent accurate example, but you know, sometimes you don't have the best teams, but you have a lot of great teammates and that shows up. And I think last year in Buffalo, there was a lot of that, both of those things, a very good team and good teammates. And I think we saw that on and off the field last year. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when I first got there, I think we were kind of one of the, one of the worst teams in the league, but, uh, I think things were kind of starting to turn around and then I kind of came there and kind of just fit in, fit in well with everybody else. And we started playing really well and uh, we gave it a good run. We ended up coming a couple games short of that, uh, the postseason. But I mean, I don't know if I was there all year, maybe we had that team all year that we had at the end of the year and the beginning of the year, we kind of, we would have been playing some October baseball. Yeah. I mean, you look at the pitching rotation, the, the starting nine every day. I mean, that, that to me was one of the exciting things going into this year was, not knowing where everyone would fit in, but there were a lot of pieces that were ready to be in place. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we had a lot of the same guys coming back and then the addition of some more. So it, uh, it would have it been fun, but I don't, I don't know what's happening now. But uh, it's, it's tough. But to look, to look back on what could have been those first couple months of the season, it would have it been pretty special. You were in spring training with the Blue Jays this year and, and getting reps in big league games. And I noticed you played a lot of first base, almost exclusively in the field at first base. Is that something that was part of getting you ready for what would have been a minor league or big league start this year? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming so. That's kind of why they were putting me there. They didn't really tell me specifically that I would be playing only first base. I was honestly kind of hoping to jump around a little more. But uh, again, it's just a matter of numbers and kind of who was there and you know, obviously they have a lot of young guys in camp too, so those guys need to play. So I'm not, I know I'm not really a priority guy, so I'll just – I just took what I can get. And, uh, you know, obviously when the season would have started in Buffalo, it would have been different because we would have just, you know, had our team and it wouldn't have been trying to fit 60 guys into a lineup as opposed to just 12. So it would have been a lot easier. But uh, that's kind of how it was, and uh, I'm not going to complain. It is what it is. Yeah, I know it's kind of something we talk about all the time, and it, I almost sound like a broken record, but, you know, the ability to be versatile, and especially if you're, if you're a veteran, making a team, showing a team that you can be versatile is, is always important. Yeah, I think, especially nowadays, you know, the way kind of baseball's headed, and there's so many guys who can play in different positions that, you know, you have, you have some guys who've never played second base, but they can hit really well, and they just put them in second base, and they can, now they're second base. So it's, it's, it's good to just kind of know – all the positions in a sense, not just kind of stick to one. You know, we talk about being athletic and I mean, you're a good example of that. I want to ask you how often, because people look, look you up online. One of the first things that comes up is you played college football. Yeah. Um, you know, is that, is that something that comes up quite frequently or, or is that something that kind of goes under the radar now? Uh, it's the, it still comes up. I wouldn't say it comes up as often anymore, kind of the older I get, but uh when it does come up, guys are way more intrigued because they haven't heard about it. Because I feel like when I was younger, I kinda, everyone heard about it. Everyone kind of knew the story. But now, now kind of less people know about it. So when they hear about it, they're kind of more intrigued and they want to hear it. I know uh, one of your teammates last year, uh, Patrick Cantwell, when, it, when I was kind of talking to you about it, he gave me the eye roll like, oh, 
oh, we got to hear about this again. Yeah, well, we uh, we played together in 2016 in Round Rock in AAA with the Rangers, and uh, that's kind of when I first got to my new team from uh, Seattle when I got drafted there. So it was my first time in a new organization. So everyone wanted to hear that story over again, so he probably heard it maybe close to 20 times. <laughs> Patrick Kivlihan joins us here today as we're, we're chatting about uh, baseball specifically here and, you know, mentioned a little bit earlier about teammates and, and how you fit in last year. And one of the things that I thought came as the season went along with the wins was that camaraderie of uh, after wins that the fight for the mic that you guys had. And yeah, that, uh, that ended up, that ended up being a little, uh, little kind of spark plug for us there. We kind of got involved with that and then it kind of just took off where guys just started kind of embracing it and going for it. And then really by the end of the game, we were all fighting to try and get up there and sing. <laughs> You really could get a sense for guys' personalities. Maybe guys were a quiet by nature, but once they once it was their turn, if they had a big start or a big game at the plate, they really everyone really embraced it. I thought. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It kind of, a lot of guys broke out of their shells when it came to that because you know you thought they were the quiet guy, and then they get up there and they just belt out some high notes or some songs you just really haven't heard in twenty plus years, and uh, just makes you laugh. So it was it was a good way for guys to just kind of break out of their shell and really make us one one unit. You know, as we, we talk a little bit about what could have been for the start of this year, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, some of your teammates last year and pitching-wise. How would you attack a guy like Nate Pearson who, who throws so hard? Or and I'll ask you about a couple other guys, but, you know, Nate specifically, what he brings to the table and what, you know, how, how that can be difficult for, for a hitter. Yeah, we got a little taste of that last year when he came up to Buffalo, but uh... – I mean, it's it's explosive, man. Uh, I honestly, you just got to start early and hope he hope he leaves you in over the plate. Because if, if he executes his pitch, there's there's no way you're gonna hit it. You know how you want to hit it. You may end up getting a cheap hit somehow, but uh, unless he just maybe grooves one and you just happen to be guessing for a pitch in that exact location, you're you're not gonna do much. He's he's really really good. And some of the other pitchers on the staff last year, like T.J. Zoik, who came in midseason, Anthony Kay was acquired at the tr trading deadline. Now look, to me, there was a lot of different pieces and kind of like how the, how the offense is put together. They, everyone kind of brings something different to the table, and it's got to be hard for hitters to kind of adjust to that one day after another. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about what we could have had in a rotation, it would have been a big league rotation. Uh, so, yeah, each of those guys bring a different, you know, different kind of qualities. And, you know, Kay really comes at you from the left side with those fastballs, and Zoic is really good at, you know, kind of sinking, sliding, and putting it where he wants and, you know, making it making it run off your barrel. So uh, yeah, we it, it would have been special, but we we had some good good arms that would have been would have been starting for us every day. Now, was last year your most consistent year in the international league? Yeah. So in two thousand, must have been eighteen. I was in Louisville for the month of April. Ended up getting released, but uh, yeah, last year I spent the whole year in the IL. So yeah, that was I've I've mostly been a PCL guy my entire life. So it was nice being an East Coast guy to uh, be in this league and kind of be close to home. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I think some fans know, some don't, that you know, the travel in the Pacific Coast League, vastly different. And in, in the IL, it had to have been nice to take a four-hour bus ride or a quick bus ride here and there. Uh, it is it is night and day difference. Because playing in – so I came up with Seattle. So playing in Tacoma, being so far, like, kind of isolated from everybody else, it was a lot of – it was a lot of, like, 6 a.m. flights out of Seattle – but then it wouldn't be direct flights. So you'd have a layover in Colorado or like somewhere else, Vegas. So it'd, then it'd be like a 930 flight. So you'd get into your next city at like 1130, 12 sometime. And you'd have a game at seven. So yeah, that, that PCL life, it is tough. And, it, and it's every third or fourth day. So it's, 
it wears on you quick. So it's nice to kind of just take a nice little three-hour bus ride after a game and be in Pawtucket or Rochester, which is only like an hour. So it's, it's real nice. And for people that might not know, those aren't charter flights you're taking from 6 a.m. from Tacoma. Those no, it, commercial flights just like anybody else would take. Commercial flights, Southwest, and most of the time you're like C-13, so it's nothing yeah. <laughs> Well, Patrick, I appreciate you joining me today. Before we wrap up with you, uh, you know, I think one thing people like to see on these Zoom chats is, you know, what you've got in the background. I've got a, a replica of an, an old Bison's hat and a picture I took. Those are, that's a quite an impressive uh, collection of baseballs you've got there. Yeah, my, uh, my grandpa, kind of my entire life since literally, he's always collected home run balls from every team or level I've been on. So I've got some I've got some Little League home run balls there, some travel ball, a couple college home runs, minor league home runs, and then uh, my big league, a couple big league home runs too. So, yeah, I got that. I got my Rutgers baseball jersey here behind me. This is kind of the office slash teaching room now with my wife. But, yeah, I got a couple other plaques hanging up. It's kind of our little uh, do-everything room. <laughs> awesome. Well, Patrick, I appreciate you taking some time for us today. Hopefully, we'll see you in person very soon. Uh, and hopefully we'll have baseball back. And either way, hope you and your family stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Kivlahan for joining us today. Hope to see him in a Bisons or Blue Jays uniform very soon. And always enjoy chatting with one of the leaders both on and off the field. Also, one of those key contributors to 2019 was Andy Burns, who appeared in 118 games with the Bisons after making the opening day roster his first year back in affiliated baseball after spending two seasons in Korea. Previous to that, was in the Blue Jays organization, two seasons spent with the Bisons in 2015 and then again in 2016. And with his performance last year, not only 19 home runs and 63 RBIs, but it's the work he put in at Salem Field that made him the Bison's Jimmy Griffin Hometown Hero Award winner for 2019. The second half of the season was very strong for Burns as after the All-Star break, he hit nearly 300, including a week where he was named the International League Batter of the Week from July 29th to August the 4th. Burns hit an even 500, 14 hits, including a couple of doubles, a homer, and seven RBIs that helped Buffalo stay in the playoff hunt. I chatted with Burns not only about his time in Buffalo last season, but also what it meant to come back and play in affiliated baseball last year and the lessons he learned his two years in Korea. First of all, I think fans want to know what you've been up to, how you've been, and hope you've, hope you've stayed well so far. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously this has been a tough time for everyone, but, uh, you know, I've been at home and, and been with my wife, and we've been working out and just trying to stay busy and, um, you know, and now that we've had some some lightning on the uh, stay-at-home ordinance, I'm getting into getting into the cage and, and just trying to stay ready, um, so that when when they tell us it's it's good to go, then then uh, I'll be ready to rock. I know it's one of the biggest questions that fans have for players is you know how you stay in shape, baseball shape, and was that even possible when you maybe first went home and and were trying to figure things out? I mean, it, it was a, just a lot of at-home workouts and, and just trying to get creative and, and do what you can. And, um, you know, I think I was surprised by how much I was able to get after it. And, um, you know, I, ha I have a bat bag um, filled with bats, and I, I use that as, you know, my barbell, you know, and, and just trying to get creative. And, and the Blue Jays sent stuff for us to, um, you know, for at-home workouts with bands, and we, they even sent a kettlebell. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were – 
I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, get, get those things and, and be able to come up with some, some workouts that, that have been pretty effective. Have you been able to talk to anybody from the Blue Jays organization coaching wise on what they kind of hope you're, you're doing or the expectations while, while we all wait? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you don't have anyone watching you. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, you got to put in the work, but um, you know, we're doing zoom calls. We're, we're trying to stay as um, you know, it, it ended so abruptly and we're just getting ramped up. And, and so trying to keep um, you know, as much baseball uh, moves and, and thoughts and ideas from a hitting standpoint as you can, um, you know, just so that, uh, when we do go, it, it won't take too long to, to get back to, to full speed. You know, spring training, just looking at the numbers, you're performing very well and getting in a lot of game action with the Toronto Blue Jays this spring. How do you, you feel personally it went? And, you know, what were things you maybe were working on? You know, I, I think last year, especially in the second half in Buffalo, you know, I, I started to really take off. So for me, it was um, more – just continuing to build off that and repeat those mechanics and repeat those thought processes. And, and, you know, get, I was happy to get the opportunity to, to show what I can do at that level. And, um, you know, I think you got to continue to evolve and push yourself and, and um, you know, if, if you want to stay around the game and, and I feel like, um, you know, every year I'm continuing to get better and, and figure stuff out. And, and, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, going to go out and play my best baseball this year. And I still believe that. I think, um, you know, once we get going, I think, you know, I've got some things that that really worked for me last year that, I, that I've been able to, to hone in on and, and repeat and, um, you know, gives me a chance to, to uh, you know, put up numbers. What were your expectations maybe going into 2019, having re-signed with Toronto after a couple of years in Korea? You know, did you expect to be in Buffalo and, you know, with, with the, the prospects that were there, what, what were your maybe expectations going into last year's spring training? Um, not, not much expectation. You know, I think, um, you know, I was excited for the opportunity and the Blue Jays have always treated me well. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, obviously Korea is getting a little more attention now. I, I don't think it was scouted as well as it could have been. And, and I didn't really have a ton of offers. And the Blue Jays, when I signed, it was to go to double A and play four or five times a week. And, and I knew I just needed an opportunity to, to get on the field and show what I could do. And, you know, by the end of spring training, um, you know, I, I got that roster spot in Buffalo and, and I just wanted to make the most of it and then, you know, enjoy the game, enjoy my teammates. I think that's been part of the, you know, the toughest part is like, you know, not seeing your guys on a daily basis and, and not going through, you know, I even miss the bus rides at this point, you know, so, right. um, you know, last year expectation wise, it was just, excitement to have the opportunity and and trying to make the most of it was it an adjustment going back to playing affiliate ball last year from being in Korea the last couple of years I have to imagine there, there are differences in the, the way the game is played um yeah I think I, I learned a lot in Korea and I think um you know if, if people are tuning into those games they're seeing it's a, it's a different style of baseball and and they do some things really really well so kind of meshing that with with the American style game and um you know when you're over there, it's, it's funny, like, uh, you're somewhat in isolation, um, and which all of us are going through right now. And I think, you know, it gives you time to, to really think and process and, and, um, grow as a person and a player. And, um, you know, 
bringing that back to the states and and obviously the the numbers kind of spoke for themselves but that was you know the the best uh triple a season i've had and probably the best season i've had in in the state so you know being able to to learn and and grow over there and then come back and and put it into today's game today's game here in in the states you know you talk about missing the bus rides and the, the team camaraderie and i think one thing about last year's team as the season went on you guys became a lot closer and yourself and maybe patrick kibblehan there, there are a lot of players that have had experience that kind of helped lead the way and did you feel that and did you get that sense out and off the field yeah, I think uh, I think it's always difficult in AAA because you do have older uh, veteran guys that that you know maybe the majority of all the way up you know you're playing with the same guys. So I think it takes in AAA sometimes a month or two to to really gel and and um, you know get to there's a lot of movement up and down and and so you know it, it takes some time to to really mesh as a group and I think we did a really really good job of that and um, you know if we could have done that maybe a, a month or two earlier. Um, you know, I think we had the talent to, to uh, you know, be a playoff team. But, um, you know, I think that's part of the journey. I think it's, it's learning that once we did come together, I think everyone played, played better. And, and you realize, like, that's a, that's a big piece. And, and being able to, to put up your own personal numbers is, is how you, you handle your teammates and, and what kind of team guy you are, just because you want, you want everyone pulling on the, the same end of the rope. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys got a lot from last year and I think, um, you know, are better for it, myself included. Yeah, I was going to ask you that just to follow up a little bit. How do you feel maybe coming back to the Jays organization, you were different you know, in a good way or, or things that you just learned over the years that you brought into last season? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, at this point, I think last year I, I got to my thousandth game in professional baseball. So, um, you know, there's not much I haven't seen. And I think, you know, having Bo and, and Vlad and Kevin and, and even, you know, Forcewell and Espinal later in the season, um, you know, it, it gives them an opportunity to, to, to learn some, some things that maybe they haven't thought about in their career. And I had the same thing, you know, back in 2015 watching um, Matt Haig and what he did. And he was such a, um, you know, he helped me out so much in my career. And, and uh, there's a lot of guys that that you know have helped uh, shape me into to the the player that I am today. So um, you know I think if you can create an environment where everyone can learn and grow and and get better, I think that's where and you know if you if you can get that all the way up into the big league level, then that's I think where you see success. I think. Tell me if I'm wrong, but one of the exciting things about looking at 2020 would have been the pitching staff in Buffalo this year. And you look at guys like Pearson and Kay and Zoik, who was in Buffalo last year, that can almost separate teams early in the season, can it? When you've got that pitching that, you know, usually as the season goes on, pitching gets better. But in Buffalo, the pitching was going to be about as good as you could get right from the start. Oh, without a question. I don't think anyone in the league would want to face those arms early in the freezing cold. Um, so, uh, you know, we have a ton of pitching in, in the Jays organization at this point. And, and man, it, it was going to be exciting to see those arms throw and, and see what they do. And it still is once we get back. I mean, the, we can't lose hope that, um, you know, everything's 
uh, over, you know, so um, those guys are going to get back on the mound and, and they can, they can really, they can really pitch. They're fun to play behind. They're fun to watch. Um, You know, sometimes I, I get caught up in like, you know, watching a guy like Pearson and I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like from, from second base, I'm like, man, that, that just, I, that, that's not going to be a fun at bat, but um, you know, it, it's uh, like I said earlier, I mean, stuff like that, that's what you're missing most. Yeah. How would you attack a guy like that who throws, can throw a hundred at, at will and, you know, drop his breaking stuff in there and it can't be fun. Uh, no, I mean, um, you got to get creative. You know, I think last year and seeing such a velo spike, I think last year I choked up more than I've ever choked up in my whole career. And, and, so, you know, things like that, adapting and, and evolving um, and figuring out a way to be successful. So, I don't know, I, w- I would start with choking up, I, I would say, going against Pearson. Now, coming back to the Bisons last year and now into your third season last year, you've moved up the record books um, in Bison history. I just wanted to get your, your perspective on that and, you know, being one of the players that has played the most games here in the last 35 years. What does that mean to you? I know the big leagues is the goal, but what does that that personally mean? I mean, I, th- I think it's a, a testament to being able to, um, you know, stay in the game, find a way to to continue to get a job, and um, you know, I think, you know, I had I had a buddy who who told me that it was actually John Birdie, his dad. He played minor league baseball, and uh, he said baseball is a war of attrition, and. Um, you know, if you can just outlast people and, and get that extra opportunity and, and make the most of it. And, and I think that's what it speaks to more than anything. And, and I'm lucky that it was in Buffalo, New York. I mean, I think uh, it's an incredible fan base and, and I've always enjoyed playing in front of um, in front of those fans. And, and I think it, I mean, I, I think it showed last year with my home and road splits, you know, I, I love hitting in that ballpark and I love playing in front of those fans and um, you know, Obviously, yeah, the the big leagues um, is the ultimate goal, but uh, you know, it's it's hasn't been a bad place to play. You mentioned John Birdie. I mean, it's a great example because look, he was in the big leagues almost all last year with Miami, and it looked like he was going to hang up his cleats going into last season, and he finds himself in the big leagues for nearly 162 games. I mean, isn't that incredible? And I think. Um, I think that's that's the journey, and, and obviously that's the the opportunity that I hope to get, um, and, and he capitalized on it. But uh, you know, I think when you look back over your career, uh, and everyone's different, but you're you're gonna look at those times at, at of adversity, and, and you know, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And um, you know, I think you know that's that's the beauty of the sport, and that's the 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 beauty of you know, following athletes is, and I, you know, like, uh, the last dance is on right now and, and his journey is just absolutely incredible. And, and it's been inspired. I think it's probably going to inspire, it's, it's inspired me and I'm sure it's inspired a lot of other athletes just to, you know, not take a day for granted and, and continue to push. And, and the ultimate goal is to win championships. And, and I think if, if that's your, if that's your drive and that's your, you know, your goals, I think you can accomplish a lot with that. You know, I was watching, I think it was this past week's episodes of The Last Dance, and um, Michael Jordan, you know, he shows us how he pushes his teammates to be better, but he got choked up when talking about that. And I thought that at least told me a lot. It's not just wanting his teammates to be better just to win games, but just I think he really wants his teammates to be better for themselves too. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure that there were times where, you know, guys pushed back and, and, and maybe that's where some of that, that emotion comes from. But, um, you know, and, and he was playing with the same group of guys for, for a lot of his career. And so I'm sure those relationships are, uh, you know, mean a lot to him, just like the relationships that I have with, with the guys um, that I've played with. And, and um, you know, that's the that's the, the, the stuff as a player, you know, you, you love the competition, you miss the competition, but you also miss that camaraderie. And, and you, I mean, baseball, it's 162 games and you're with these guys for six, six, seven straight months. They're, they're your family at that point, you know? So, um, you know, having those relationships that, that'll last, um, I think is, is what brings the emotion to, to players when they talk about it. You know, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about your experience in Australia last year and just what that was like. And, you know, did it, did it help you maybe get those extra reps in the winter to be ready for spring training this year? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't think – I was definitely one of the older guys over there that, that were the imports. But it was something um, actually my wife kind of pushed me to do. She always wanted to go to Australia. I'm like, you know what, like, you only play three or four times. You play on the weekends pretty much. You play Thursday through Sunday. So you have three days a week to, to see the country. And we were able to, you know, see a lot of – it's a beautiful country. And we were able to see a lot and, and relax and stuff. But I was able to get the work in on the weekends. Um, and, yeah, I think – I, I definitely think it helped in terms of, you know, once I got to camp, I was only two weeks removed from live at bat. So it was almost like, um, you know – not mid-season form, but I definitely felt ahead of the game. Um, and, and I feel like it was extremely beneficial. Landy, I appreciate you joining us here for a couple of minutes today. Hope you, you and your wife continue to stay well out in Colorado. And uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, very soon, whether it be in Buffalo or Toronto. But uh, looking forward to catching up in person, not just here on Zoom. Absolutely. Yeah, you stay safe and, and thanks for having me. Thanks to Burns and once again, Patrick Killahan as well for their conversations today. Hope to see both of them on the field very soon, just as we hope to see you at Salem Field at some point here in the 2020 season. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Pat Melicaro here in the Power Alley.